Hello, Friendship fam. We welcome you to Friendship Church Studios in beautiful Shakopee, Minnesota. We're about to do a deep dive into 1 John. I'm with your friends, pastors Matt and Joel. I'm Kenny White, inviting you to grab some coffee, buckle up, and enjoy the ride on this week's episode of your Friendship Church Podcast. Hey, church fam, Joel here, and we have a special treat for you today before our podcast. If you go back to episode 25, Pastor Kenny always intros our podcast in a similar fashion, and for some reason, he decided to intro with, hey, church fam, I'm stoked out of my mind, and Pastor Matt and I cannot get enough of it. We love it so much that we wanted to give you a special gift. Here it is. Check it out. All for you. Pastor Kenny. Hello, friendship fam. Hello, friendship fam. Hello, friendship fam. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Stoked, 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 stoked. I'm stoked out of my mind. Out of Welcome, Friendship Fam. Thanks for joining in. We're continuing in our deep dive of First John. We're in First John chapter one. We're going to pick up in verse five here in just a moment. But I'm here with Pastor Matt and Pastor Joel. Fellas, thanks for joining. Just real quick, how are you doing? We're doing great. Okay, thanks. Uh, next. No. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm a little concerned. Uh, in the last podcast I had learned that. Uh, John wrote verses one through four as one sentence. <laughs> is verse uh, five? No. <laughs> the answer ten? is no. The answer is no, Joel. So I can take breaths. You can, you take, can breaths. take breaths. Yeah. All right. That's for the sake of the listeners. That's great. That's great. Yeah, uh, Matt, you got any big trips coming up? Absolutely not. Good job. Yes. Uh, we would like. I am bound. When you're going to be out Scott of town, County. if you could let us know. Uh, those dates specifically, we have no intention of being at your house and messing with you or anything. Wouldn't it be like uh, July? Wouldn't that be fitting for Matt to be gone again? Mm-hmm. You That's know, he was good. gone over the 25th of December doing okay. something sneaky in a sleigh. Okay. But I think I see where this is going. Christmas in July. Yeah. I don't know the date that that happens, but I know it's important for Santa Claus. Right. Are you Are you suggesting I'm both... Santa Claus and Uncle Sam? 
No, I feel what like the Fourth of listening. July have to do with any of oh, Christmas in July. Christmas in July. Yeah. I mean, what is that? A, what are you talking about? Is this, this a is Hallmark a, movie? The two of you've been watching <laughs> no. Christmas in July. He doesn't remember <clears throat> back when you no. were gone over a little bit around Christmas time, mm-hmm. delivering mm-hmm. toys. Right. That that's the point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand it in December. I'm trying to figure out why you're talking about it with July. All right. Friendship Church, Pastor Matt clearly doesn't know what uh, Christmas in July is. I think, I think actually... Again, he, I feel like this it. is a Hallmark movie he's that you've been watching. Christmas in July. He's trying to get out of... Like, he, this is smoke, this is smoke is and mirrors stuff right now. Right. He totally gets it. He does. Yeah. You just... Uh, church, you just watch around Christmas... Magically, Matt's gone. Right. It's interesting. It's because he's a VIP. <laughs> he is. That is for sure. Yep. For sure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The walls of Friendship is, Studio hey, the, are literally so, falling right it now. It is so hot in Friendship <laughs> what Church in the Studios world? that one of the... <laughs> One of the panels on the wall just came down. Yeah. It just it just attacked Matt. And then Matt did this real uh, cool thing, like this cheery... You know, wiggled his nose. Yeah. And it moved. Yeah. It's, it's Santa magic. Yeah. I heard like little star twinkles happening. <laughs> to, to, I, I, I know could exactly not possibly express to the two of you <laughs> how desperate I am to talk about First John at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, am I being a Serenthus right now? <laughs> well, uh, let's jump into it. Hey, Joel, do you have that <laughs> passage in front of you that you could read that? I do. It's 1 John verses 5 through 10. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us." Mm. Thanks, Joel. I, you know, the, in our last podcast, we talked a little bit about themes that are woven in, and someone once explained First John and and really the writings of John um, this way that they said, you know, he has these themes that kind of roll in like like a wave to a seashore, and then they kind of pull back, and then they come back again later, and and we'll see that throughout our time in First John. But one of the one of the things that uh, stands out to me is God is light. In Him is no darkness at all. And we'll walk through this um, uh, this section in a little bit more detail in a moment. But I I want to pause because this this theme of light and darkness it starts in the very beginning, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and it was good. And that, that theme, those themes uh, weave themselves throughout the Scriptures, and we see John picking up these themes as well, the, the issue of chaos and God's response to it. One of the things that uh, stood out to me as I was considering uh, that passage in Genesis is that 
that God's answer is his presence. The spirit of God hovered over the waters Hmm. is his presence and his word. God spoke. And we, we see that God is light. The answer, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's light, and there's organization. There's all kinds of stuff that's associated with that. There's a lot of stuff that's been written by the early church fathers and, and by contemporary uh, theologians as well. But uh, this idea that God's, God's response to the chaos in our life is his presence and his word is big. And John weaves that throughout uh, this message uh, of of First uh, John for sure. What's so, the go ahead? Oh, so um, when people have read this section of First John, uh, there have often been two verses that people have talked to me about that are part of this passage mm-hmm. that frighten them. Yes, significantly frighten them. And I just love to get you guys to comment on this because maybe they should be frightened, or maybe they there's more understanding that could be helpful here. The first one is verse six, right? Uh, God is light; He is purity; He is righteousness. And verse six says, "But if we if we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth." Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people who read that and would say, "Why?" Well, I remember walking in darkness yesterday. I I can remember this sin, and if God is light and in him is no darkness at all, am I I saved if I can remember sin from yesterday? Mm -hmm. Right? What do we do with that? How do we respond to that idea of, okay, wait, God's light, but if I walk in darkness, I am not a part of that. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything you want to say, Joel? I, I, I can do to you what... Matt does. You go first, Joel, and then I'll defer. Okay. I'm going to defer to you, That's Kenny. Fu- and I'll let you do that. Thank I you. receive that, and <laughs> I appreciate working with you in that manner. Um, you know, I, as I understand, um, a, a couple of things about that. The the first one is we do have an answer later in verse 9 if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all, from all unrighteousness I and mean, there seems to be an answer in english um i would have to go back and look at the greek again so i'm trying to think back on my own studies in this which has been a few weeks but it seems like to me that there is this idea that's hidden in the greek of practicing it the the walk the walk um, okay, so if you practice walking in darkness, then you do not have fellowship in the light. Mm-hmm. And, and that, to me, seems to be the key, both in this verse, and, and I, I suspect you may be asking about uh, if, uh, if we say that we have no sin would be the other verse I, I was wondering no. about. No, no it's not. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. No. Well, I'll, I'll, I, won't, <laughs> I won't over-anticipate, but the, again, the idea is if, if we're going to get really good at practicing sin, yeah, you don't have fellowship with God. It's one right. thing to mess up. Like, okay, I was in this situation, I was surprised by the situation, and I chose fear over faith mm. or, or whatever. That's one thing. It's another thing to say, yeah, I know what God wants for me, but I'm going to choose to do this, and I'm going to get really good at disobedience. Yeah. That's different. It's one thing to walk in darkness. It's another thing to mm. walk in the light and to stumble in the darkness. Mm. Right? Okay. Yeah, I like that. Stumble is for a moment. Mm. Yeah. And it, I love that 
Kenny pointed out, walk seems to be about the habitual patterns of your life. Mm-hmm. And that would resonate with a verse that uh, we I looked at when I was doing numbers um, the last couple of weeks uh, mm-hmm. from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, where Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 lists a lot of different sins, and he says those who practice these things mm-hmm. will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, and and then such were some of you. Yes. Like, wait, they did practice them, but yeah. that's not that's not the point. Like, they've been, now been washed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there is there there is the idea of the pattern of your life probably involved in that phrase walk. Mm-hmm. That's extremely helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So the other <clears throat> the other verse that I've often had people um, freak out about. Mm. Uh, is one that a lot of people memorize, and that's verse 9. Okay. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? Now, here is the freak-out part, right? If we confess our sins, um, this is present active indicative ongoing. If we confess them again and again and again, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. I... I thought my sins were forgiven when I placed my faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Do I have to confess my sins over and over again, day after day, like this verse says, in order mm-hmm. to have them forgiven? Wasn't I forgiven at the cross? Mm-hmm. Wasn't I forgiven when I placed my faith in him? And what if there are sins in my life that I fail to confess? Then am I not forgiven of those sins? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people memorize this verse and are like, oh, that's happy news. But if you read it carefully, it's deeply frightening. What if there are sins I don't confess? What are the, what are the implications of un, any unconfessed sin in my life if I have to confess it mm-hmm. in order to experience cleansing and forgiveness from all unrighteousness? Uh, and so I've had people approach me deeply afraid of verse 9 and the fact that three years ago they may have had a sin go by that they didn't confess. Interesting. Or three weeks ago. They may have had a sin go by that they didn't confess, um, and and I think that's fr- I think people can read this wrongly and say, uh, if we confess our sins one time in the past, but that's not the tense of the verb mm-hmm. here. So what what do we do with this and the fear that people have about? Oh man, I my understanding of salvation was I was forgiven one time for all when I placed my faith in Jesus, and this verse is teaching me something very different. Mm-hmm. Go. Yeah, I I mean I I think there are, there are a couple of pieces to this puzzle that we can put together. But in in verse eight, I mean you always have to look at the context. If we say that nice, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. That's verse eight. Then, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. It it appears to me that the issue it isn't so much about this, this ongoing confession, but God's, God's goodness. First of all, reminding us we're not perfect, but then second of all, God's goodness, his faithfulness and and his justice and his willingness to forgive. Um, that That's significant, and it stands out to me uh, in the context of this passage. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there, there's more to confession and repentance that we can talk about. That's my, 
That's my knee jerk on your uh, initial question, though, Matt. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, do we have an understanding of our sinful nature? And you both can probably point to specific passages. Um, often, I think that Paul writes about us, you know, my body does what I don't want it to do, kind of that that theme of things. Like, we're, we're sinful people. It's natural for us. It's an inclination for us to be sinful and to be Christ-like is something that's it's hard. We have to pursue it every day. Um, and, and then just, the, I mean, understanding this passage, I think if you understand the, the, that four-step, you know, sanctification process or whatever to have salvation, but then, you know, you're confessing every single day, not because you have to, but it's because you're actively saying, like, I want Jesus to cleanse me and to sanctify me so that one day I may be complete in him, right? You know, that whatever. Passing it back to you, Matt. It's great. So part of what you're saying, Joel, if I can uh, add to that, is uh, there are things that happen as uh, we come to faith in Jesus that then get repeated every day of our life if we're genuinely his. And so it isn't that a person places their faith in Jesus and then lives the rest of their life in their own strength. That's not what the Scripture teaches. We place our faith in Jesus, and then we live every day in faith. We repent of our sins, and that leads us to a life of repentance Mm -hmm. of our sins. We confess our sins, and that leads us to a life of daily confession Mm -hmm. of our sins. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's also helpful for us to understand here that um, cleansing and forgiveness are not in the in the New Testament always about our justification before God. That it isn't always about uh, that ultimate forgiveness in which Christ takes our sins and we are declared righteous in the courtroom. Um, that ultimately cleansing and forgiveness can be about the daily dirt that comes into our life and creates barriers between us and intimacy with God. So, uh, And others. Yeah, and others. And this. Yeah, Yeah, there's Mm -hmm. no sense in which, as a child of God, my sin can remove me from the family, but my sins can absolutely act as bricks, building a wall in intimacy between me and my Father, Mm -hmm. with whom I am supposed to have uh, unfettered intimacy, total intimacy. And those bricks can only be torn down through the process of confession, mm-hmm. uh, through the process of, of confessing that sin. Um, and so I, I think it's helpful for us to understand, okay, it's, this, this isn't like, oh, I, I missed a sin three weeks ago, therefore I'm no longer yes. saved. Mm-hmm. Um, that ultimately mm-hmm. this is written to believers about the forgiveness that is necessary of our sins for the restoration of total intimacy with with our God, the way it is designed, because when those bricks are put in place by our unconfessed sin, and we build that wall between us and God, we damage that intimacy, but we also damage the blessings God says flows out of that intimacy mm-hmm. in relationship with Him. There's, there's no blessings of God apart from the intimacy with God, and so we lose the intimacy, we lose the blessings. The only way for that intimacy to be restored and for blessings to continue to flow the way that God intended is for the confession of sin, which breaks down those bricks, which, which tears down those bricks in that wall, I think, mm-hmm. um, allowing for that intimacy to be fully restored. And that, that's the process that we as believers are to be a part of. Well, I, I think on a practical <laughs> level, too, it really, it really keeps us in this 
this beautiful uh, attitude towards God, mm. right? That, like when we're when we're constantly having the cross before us, that you know, I yes, why why do I get so angry when I get cut off in traffic, or why like hmm. something just came up inside me that I didn't know was there. And Lord, I'm just confessing that before when when we're at at that place with the Lord and remembering that we we are forgiven. We we are cleansed. We like the next time that happens, uh someone cuts you off, uh, you're you that that boiling up doesn't come as quickly, mm. I think. I mean mm. in in chapter two, John's going to go on to say, uh, I I write these things to you that you may not sin. Like the the goal is in part for you to not keep doing that. And if you keep if you, if you're in a place of humility before God, you're you're not going to continue to do these sorts of things. And I, yeah. I, I mean, there there's just that that practical side of Christianity that I like, and it it feels like an extension even of the Lord's prayer. Mm. And, and for God, Father, forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass yes. against us. Absolutely, the Lord's prayer is meant for the followers of Jesus, right? And right. so when we are when we are coming to him asking for forgiveness of our sins, that's not a salvation issue. Right. That's not a justification issue. Yes. Right. But it is a restoration of intimacy that's been lost because of unconfessed sin in our mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that, Kenny. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. It's probably worth us noting because when we use the word confess, some people's minds immediately go to wooden boxes. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and screens the and the, which I'm really impressed that they put that in over at Prior Lake. Absolutely, <laughs> by your office. Yes, yes. that's great. Yeah, no, those are actually secret giving booths, but that, that's a whole different <laughs> that's thing. A different story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No. Oh no. I do think that uh, it's worth us recognizing that confession, as it's spoken of here, is different than perhaps that picture yeah. of wandering into a booth with a priest on the other side. Uh, the Greek word here is homologos, which means to speak the, the same, same word, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and what that means is we speak of sin and think of sin exactly as God yes. thinks of sin and mm-hmm. speaks of sin. Yeah. And so my heart is broken over sin yeah. in confession because God's heart is broken yeah. over sin. And Kenny, I, th- this brings me back to the great point that you just made, and that is what a beautiful place for us to live in, constantly recognizing the grace of God that's been yes. shown to us because we're constantly recognizing our brokenness. If I am confessing my sin, I can't sit here in the middle of confession. Well, okay, it's hard for me to right. sit here in the middle of confession and think of how great I am. Yes. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is much easier for me in the middle of my confession to sit here and think about how great he is yes, and how amazing his grace is that right. he has shown to me. And so that is why I think this uh, homo logos, uh, speaking the same word as God about our sin is yeah. so, so important. It Absolutely. just pulls our minds back to grace over and over again. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm a mess, but he's great. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that's one of the things that I resonate with with John about is he's constantly pushing us towards God and his goodness. And, uh, and, and uh, just, again, this conflict in the first century of the insecurity of, well, like, you know, even, even Paul deals with it in Romans. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You know, like, 
Uh, no, because this physical body, yeah, there, there, there are problems and there are issues, no doubt. But Jesus meets us where we're at in this moment, at this time, uh, and there, there is transformation that should be occurring. And to John's point, that you may not walk in the darkness, that you don't continue to practice mm. sin. That, that's big because God is good. He's big, and He'll, He'll welcome you into the light mm-hmm. because He is the light. Yeah, love it. Well, again, we want to thank you for joining in. Next time, we're going to jump into chapter 2 in 1 John. And as always, don't forget to love, live, and serve like Jesus. God bless you, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining in. We'll continue on with 1 John through the next few weeks. Join in and read along with us. We'll see you next time on your Friendship Church Podcast. I'm stoked 